0: Welcome to Changing the Rules, a weekly podcast about people who are living their best lives and advice on how you can achieve that too. Join us with your lively host, Ray Lowe, better known as the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning everybody and this is Ray Lowe and I feel like the luckiest guy in the world today because we have a wonderful guest and uh, we're going to welcome her in a minute to Changing the Rules and let me remind everybody that through our lives we are saddled with rules. They come from everywhere. They come from our parents. They come from the schools. They come from the church. They come from jobs and the next thing you know we have rules and rules tell us you're allowed to do this, or you're not allowed to do this. You don't get any freedom out of rules. So the luckiest people in the world are those people who have figured out how to choose from this set of rules that we've been put together and choose which ones work for them and which ones maybe they want to get around. And uh, every week we feature one of the luckiest people in the world, and we have one today, and. Um, uh, Alexandra Coiz is one of the luckiest people in the world because she has designing her own life and she's taking control of it and she's living it under her terms. So welcome to changing the rules, Alexandra.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, and you're out there in the sunny city of Chicago, right?
1: That's right.
0: Okay. So you have an incredibly interesting background, but it was rather mundane in the early years. You, you were doing what you were supposed to do, weren't you?
1: That's right. So it was um, quite different from the entrepreneurship path that I'm on now. So I started off um, studying uh, foreign service at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., you know, more traditional path than I'm on now. And right out of college, worked for Deloitte Consulting, doing primarily government work um, for a couple of years. And after that, I kind of followed the path um, to Blue Cross Blue Shield at the time um, the Affordable Care Act was being implemented. And there was a lot of regulatory and operational work to be done in healthcare. And I liked the field and liked the work I was doing. So I made the transition to Deloitte from Blue to From Deloitte to Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, And as you can see, I was kind of someone who took things one step at a time, kind of, um, you know, followed where the path led me and where the opportunities that were open to me went. Um, And someone who was very comfortable working in large organizations, you know, um, having a stable, steady job, you know, a predictable role. And, um, you know, someone who is comfortable operating as one piece in a very large puzzle. And now I, um, you know, a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, I took control and sort of dove into um, the, the world of starting my own business. So that has been quite a change, but an exciting one.
0: Yeah. And, and you had salaries before and now you don't right. have salaries, right? But there, there was a clue here. See, when you studied foreign service, we knew, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't know, but we knew you were going to be a spy. Right? And so <laughs> and, and so we knew you were going to take off on your own. It was just a question of time. So we yeah. had an event that occurred, and you know the interesting thing about the luckiest people in the world is usually they start in a mundane kind of a thing, and it's not that they hate where they are. It's just that they maybe are not excited where they are. And then yeah. something happens, and that, that event creates an opportunity. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So for me, the spark or making the switch was an experience I had um, that prompted me to start my business. And my business is in the funeral services industry. We're in the business of um, creating celebrations of life and transforming the traditional somber funeral home or somber funeral service into an uplifting celebration of life. And the spark for doing that was my uncle passed away. It was about five years ago. And he was the type of guy who was always the life of the party. So the traditional somber funeral environment didn't feel like the right place to gather for him. Um, So my family and I um, gathered in his favorite restaurant and we had more of a celebration of life. But that was a lot of. Planning to take on, you know, while we were grieving, and it occurred to me after that experience that there really weren't services out there for families who were looking for a non-traditional um, environment or experience to celebrate their loved one. So I created that service.
0: Yeah, you know, most people don't think about this; they don't plan. And and uh, I've had two interesting events that kind of play on this. I was at a memorial service not too long ago, and it was a pastor Mm -hmm. of a church. He was a friend, and he died over the age of 100—
1: and Amazing. I didn't
0: know this, but he had planned his own memorial service. He had decided which hymns were going to be played. He decided who was going to be the 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 singers in the in the group. He decided on everything, and it made it a whole lot easier for his kids because everything yes. was thought out in advance. Uh, the second thing is I live in a place right now of it's a senior citizen community, and a lot of people are here because they wanted to make their health care choices so their kids didn't have to make them. and mm-hmm. and you know again it's it's a similar kind of thing. All of a sudden somebody gets sick and everybody's got to run around and figure out where do we what do we do with this right? right? So I find what you're doing uh, amazing. Uh, I never really thought it through, but it just makes sense to do this. So yeah. So, Go on and, 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 and tell us a little bit about how you help people plan. And then uh, tell us about some of the events that you've created and how you do that.
1: Yeah, I would love to. And I, I love that example that you gave about your friend who planned his own, you know, funeral memorial celebration. Because that's, you know, talk about um, taking charge of your life. You know, that's really defining your legacy, you know, when you pre-plan for yourself and define how you want to be remembered. So I love that. And that's exactly what we work with families to do. We help them um, curate and design their own celebration of life experience unique to their life, their identity and their values. So I'd love to give a few examples of um, things that we've planned to help paint the picture of the variety of services that we help bring to life.
0: Yeah. You know, um, before, yeah. before you yeah. go there, go back a little bit. So when you are doing sure. planning, are, are you doing planning with the relatives of a deceased person or are you doing planning with the people that haven't died yet and are thinking ahead?
1: It could be either one. Some families approach us after a loved one has passed away and others approach us wanting to pre-plan for themselves.
0: Okay. All right.
1: And to, to give a little bit of background about what our offerings are, so I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you know, we're in the business of transforming the funeral into an uplifting celebration of life, and we help families gather in non-funeral home environments. So we offer an array of packages that help people gather in um, parks, theaters, museums, live music venues, and we help them curate um, a unique celebration and a unique ceremony that celebrates who they are, which is often, you know, we say a a unique fusion of their personal identity, cultural identity, and spiritual identity. And some of the ways that we've done that in the past, and one that comes to mind from a recent uh, service is um, we planned a celebration of life in a local history museum. And this was for a woman who loved art and culture and history and we created a museum exhibit um, focused on her life. And we brought dozens of items from her home into that exhibit. Um, you know, furniture she painted, journals that she wrote in, clothes she wore, pillows she sewed, um, photos from her life. And each item had a sign next to it, just like you would experience in a museum gallery, explaining the significance of that item in her life. Um, Another example is we've held a number of ceremonies in local movie theaters, and we like to say that these are, um, you know, for larger-than-life personalities fit for the big screen. And in those examples, um, the guests are sitting in theater seats instead of sitting in funeral home chairs, and the speakers are at the front of the theater giving their remarks while photos and videos are playing on the giant movie screen behind them. Um, We've also done outdoor celebrations of life for people who love the outdoors or want to be surrounded by, you know, the the peace or the beauty of nature to to honor their life. And those have sometimes involved, um, you know, balloon releases or waterside ceremonies. So we've done some really beautiful things that really help surface the unique elements of, you know, the person who passed their identity and how they or their family want to remember them.
0: Okay. So, so you have a wide range of things here. So somebody can plan this thing relatively inexpensively and have a party in their backyard in a sense, That's correct. or, uh, I hate to even think what it might cost to, to rent out part of a museum to display all of your work, but I'm sure that, uh, I don't have the budget for that one, but some <laughs> people do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's interesting because, uh, you know it's the it's the final thing you do, you know, and and otherwise you're remembered as a date on a gravestone, right? Right. So here's a chance to you know go wild. So how did how did this idea develop? You know, go go back to the death of your uncle a little bit, and I I understand yeah. that your your uh, your mother needed help in taking control, so you got involved much more than you normally would have. And, That's right. and how did you envision what you wanted to do? You know, what, what was kind of the brainstorming that went through?
1: Yeah, you know, for us, I, it was really thinking about um, what would my uncle have wanted? You know, what is the atmosphere he would have wanted? What, who are the people he would have wanted around him? You know, what are the hobbies, passions, interests, beliefs that he had? That he would want to be remembered by because, you know, the alternative, what a lot of us are used to thinking of a funeral is, you know, dressing in black, standing in a funeral home room, you know, standing in a line and talking in hushed tones. And that didn't feel right for his memories, you know, and we wanted something that he would have enjoyed if he were there and he would have been glad to be remembered by those things.
0: OK, so there's two parts to this kind of there's the planning mm-hmm. piece where you, you got to sit down and visualize who this person yeah. was and and what's appropriate for them. And then you got to go on right. out and get the venue and get the space and set it up. Right.
1: That's right. So and, you know, when for our particular offerings, you know, we have some preset and pre ready to go, you know, um, venues that we work with regularly if they feel right. Or a particular, you know, family's gathering, or sometimes we develop, um, you know, custom experiences for families that want to create something from the ground up.
0: Okay, so if I were going to plan my own memorial service, mm-hmm. what what are the things that you would coach me to think about?
1: So um, first, whether we're working directly with an individual or whether we're working with their family, we always start off by with an open ended question tell me about yourself or tell me about your loved one. And, you know, what comes to mind for different families is a little bit different for some people. It's, you know, the love for their career. For some people, it's the love of their family. For some people, it's aspects of their personality that they want to bring into play, or it might be a hobby. Um, So, you know, different families have different experiences or different elements of their loved one's identity that they want to surface. Um, So we always start off by getting to know the person whose celebration it is so that we can then take those and curate experiences or create um, events that celebrate those unique aspects of their personality.
0: Okay. And, and then once you get this planning done and you figure out what this, this uh, concept is going to be, then you got to start to put together the pieces. Now, Uh, If you pre-plan this, uh, how does one do this? I I mean, they sit down with somebody like you, you get the plan set. Now, who knows when we're going to die? You know, hopefully it's a long way away. Uh, What what do you do? Do you pre-fund these events? Do you uh, uh, not worry about the actual event? You just kind of leave the instructions and then dump all this on your kids? Or what do you do?
1: That can actually be done either way. When it comes to pre-planning, there are some people who choose to just complete the planning portion now and, you know, um, leave the actual, you know, implementation of the plans and the payment of the plans um, for when they do actually pass. And as you mentioned, you know, that could be, um, one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. None of us really knows. Um, or there are some people who do choose to um, pre-fund the plan so that they have that money set aside already so that, as you mentioned, you know, it doesn't have to be something that is a stress um, to the family members um, when someone does pass away.
0: Cool. Okay. So you have a website and people can go to this website and you have all these examples up there, right? Of things that you've done. So what is the website for everybody?
1: It is, lightenarrangements.com. And um, at our site, as you mentioned, there are examples of both our in-person celebrations of life, and we also have examples of our virtual gatherings. So another interesting thing that we do is we also help families gather virtually. Um, This was something that started during the COVID era, um, but we're still seeing, even as things open up, a lot of families choosing to gather online for that ceremony and for that celebration um, because so many people, so many families are spread out across the country um, or even around the world. Um, So virtual tends to be, you know, a way that those types of families can come together, you know, in community for healing and for celebrating their loved one's life. Um, We also hear that virtual is a more, can sometimes be a more manageable planning and gathering experience for people who are, you know, juggling multiple things. I had um, one woman, one client say to me, you know, I am trying to work a full-time job, be a mom to my kids, um, grieve my dad, and I need, you know, help with this. And the idea of doing this virtually is something that feels more manageable to me than in person. So, that's another example that, you know, that you'll see on our site of services that we can offer.
0: Great. Now you've built this business already. You have what, eight people that work for you now. And, and so you're doing this for lots of people, but uh, so that's mm-hmm. where you are now. And I think, I think it's a, it's, it's, a great thing for people to think about uh, what about the future? Where are you, where are you going with all this? What's, what's the dream? What's the plan? What's going to happen?
1: Um, the dream is to, create the next generation of the funeral industry and to make light in the gold standard for what it means to plan and hold a celebration of life for a loved one. And there are two ways that we're doing that. One is awareness um, and two is modernizing the planning experience. So on the awareness side, um, it's about um, educating families and raising awareness that the funeral home isn't the only option. If that doesn't feel right for you and you're looking for something more uplifting Um, there are options for you. On the second side of things, um, we're we're modernizing the planning experience and we do that with a blend of personalized care and innovative technology. So we currently have an online planning portal that allows families to make arrangements from the comfort of their own homes um, at any time that's convenient for them. And we also offer video conference consultations and planning sessions um, so that, um, you know, again, families don't have to come to an in-person environment as the, tr- the um, traditional industry is run. Yeah. Um, they can plan at the, the place and the time that's convenient for them and still have the guidance that um, a professional planner can offer.
0: Well, uh, it's a very interesting way of looking at a phase of our life that we're all going to enter at some point in time. And and I think God— you're, you're a perfect example of one of the luckiest people in the world. Uh, I think you show the enthusiasm of doing something you love to do, something you're excited about doing, and thanks for being with us. Unfortunately, we're at the end of our time here, and uh, we're going to have to have Luke sign us off. But uh, thanks again for being with us. And, again, the name of your website is?
1: LightenArrangements.com,
0: And people can get in touch with you through there, Right.
1: That's correct. And our phone number for those who are phone friendly is 312 373
0: Okay. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: It was great to be here. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules. Join us next week for more conversation, our special guest, and to hear more from the luckiest guy in the world.